Hello, and thank you for joining us for the Hatchbend Apostolic Church web broadcast. In our society today, some, and yes, sadly, maybe even most, question the value of preaching in their lives. But we still believe what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 1. In essence, Paul preached that God has chosen the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. And so that's why we still place such a high value on the preached word of God in agreement to the scripture. And so now I'd like to thank you again for joining us for a message from our pastor at Hatchbend Apostolic Church. You have your Bibles, Joel 2.28. And um, I don't intend to take just a few minutes. I meant to ask them just to stay, but do whatever you want to do since you're already moving. Since you're already doing it. Permission granted. I'm sorry. I felt I felt paid back a little bit the other day. Some of you will enjoy this. I was uh, in the service and sitting there and and the man was preaching a great message, did a great job. It was great from the beginning to the end. And... Uh, he said, just very sincerely, he paused and he said, if you just give me about ten more minutes, I'll wrap this up. About 30 minutes later, <laughs> we, we, all stood, we all stood. I said, so this is what that feels like. And so uh, <laughs> I, I felt I was the only one in the room crying. They was, People gathering around trying to pray for me. I thought something was wrong. I was weep, weeping for you. I finally got I got to see what I do to y'all week in and week out. I'm sorry. But I don't think I'm going to take but a few minutes. Joel 2.28. The Bible says, And it, it shall come to pass afterward that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy. Your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. I want to speak for just a few moments from this passage. And my topic and title is this, Dreamers Among Us. Dreamers Among Us. I'm, I'm thankful for all the dreamers that have brought us where we are. And, I, and we're not fixing to get weird and goofy and spooky, but just stay with me. But we need some dreamers among us today. Amen. Dreamers. And you may be seated in the fear of the Lord. Perhaps Joel 2.28 is one of the most trusted scriptures among many, but one of the most trusted scriptures in all the Word of God. It is a passage that brings to mind hope for the future. It's also a passage that underlines the common belief that God was moving upon men in that generation to inspire generations to come. So they weren't just having, so to speak, to put it maybe in our language, they weren't just having church for them, but they were having church for generations to come. I want to I preach, when I stand behind this desk or any other, I want to preach in a fashion and with a mindset that I'm not just preaching to people that I can see. But something happens when you preach. The Word of God is released. 
I've been encouraged through the years. I'm going to be frank with you. I've been encouraged through the years of some of our, our pioneers who started churches with zero. They, they started with nothing. They didn't have anything financially. They didn't have anything as far as people were concerned. But I've heard more and read of more than one account where the preacher and his family would gather into the, into the house of God, whatever that may have been, as primitive as it may have been. And when there was no one there, they preached the empty pews because there's power in preaching. Amen. Just to declare the Word of God. What are we going to do? We're going to, we're going to preach. That's what we're going to do. I'm going to preach to who? We're going to preach to my family. Or if there's no one there, we're going to preach. Preach. I, I was reminded of this story quite recently because my Aunt Merle shared it with my son uh, a few weeks ago. And, and uh, I'm sure that at some point through the years it's been shared many times. But I'm encouraged by things uh, that I hear that have that have brought us to where we are. I, I will maybe not dot every I or cross every T in the story, but you'll get the gist of it. But uh, during some of the earlier formative years of even this local congregation, my grandfather and my grandmother were very discouraged. And that can happen. It certainly can happen in home mission efforts. And uh, and, and not to, not to sound um, disrespectful or make any remark that would even be interpreted as being disparaging. But my grandmother was so discouraged that she didn't even go to church that night. But they had a guest speaker. And so my grandfather and the guest speaker came, and there were just a few people here, uh, just a few, and I mean two or three, four people that were here. And the, the evangelist preached, and when they got out on the road headed back home, my grandfather confessed that he had considered just leaving. He had considered just giving up. And that evangelist, unnamed today, perhaps even unknown today, but the ages, <laughs> the ages know who he is. Looked at my grandfather and said, Brother Tumman, as long as you can come together and feel what we felt here tonight, don't give up. Don't give up. And we're here tonight because God sent a nameless, faceless voice. Amen. Is that all right? Somebody, somebody that could see beyond. Somebody that could dream, if you please. And just say what we need to tap into. And sometimes, and I, and I hope not to even cast a shadow of, of anything against the founders of this church, but I would say this, that we all have had times and seasons that... The, the, the lens of life have been so blurred and, and things have come against us to the point that we almost just gave up. But aren't you glad somebody in, a, in the mix, somebody in the crowd, there was a voice that just said we got to keep pressing on. Here's a passage in Joel that underlines the common belief that God really was moving upon men in that day to inspire a generation to come. And so I say today that I'm thankful for those in our history those in our past, and I'm not just talking about my grandparents, because obviously if it had not been for some good saints to make up the church, there wouldn't be a church. But I'm thankful that, that, that they gathered, not just gathering to say, I need strength enough for me today, but they were speaking to a generation to come. And so we look at this passage with confirmation that, uh, that in Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost and the Holy Ghost was poured out, as I have often made this connection, that when, when Simon Peter said, this is that, 
That wasn't just a catchy phrase. That wasn't just something to kind of rouse the crowd. That wasn't, that wasn't something to just kind of grab everybody by the throat. But Simon Peter was validating the outpouring of the Holy Spirit. Amen. That, that it's no longer going to be written in tables of stone, but God is going to write it upon the, the table of flesh. God's going to write it on the hearts of men. And so all of those prophecies that went forth, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm, in, I'm encouraged, I'm strengthened, I am, my mind is blown. When, when you think about some of the things that Isaiah was talking about, and he had no, no clue, he, he, had, he had no clue of what he is saying outside of the unction of what God was speaking to him to say. And these things just start coming to pass, and Isaiah not the only one, but these prophets that begin to speak not to just that day, but they were speaking to generations to come. And so when the Spirit of the Lord fell, and they said, what is this? What, what is all this about? Simon Peter validated the outpouring of the Holy Ghost by saying this is that that was spoken by the prophet Joel. As I've often tried to illustrate, he was standing here with one hand on the outpouring of the Holy Ghost, but with another hand to, to what the prophecy of Joel, and he pulled those two worlds together. This is not some strange phenomenon. This is not wildfire. This is not something crazy. They're not drunk, as you suppose. But this is the fulfillment of prophecy, amen, that came from a dreamer. Hallelujah. A dreamer said, this is how it's going to happen. There's going to be a child. There's going to be a child in swaddling clothes, born in a manger. Hallelujah. Dreamers that said, this is what's going to happen. And they were inspiring generations to come. And with that said... And with that said, I would say to this congregation today that we ought to reassess our view of even our corporate services. When we come here, let's don't just drag ourselves in here and say, Lord, I'm just a down and out, feel me and help prop me up and hope me, hopefully I can just coast until Wednesday. No, sir. We need to be having church that is powerful enough, not just for this day. We need to be having church that is sufficient enough, not for just this day, but it is sufficient enough to cast this vision into another generation. <laughs> hallelujah. 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 I don't know if I said this or not last weekend, but Brother Kinsey encouraged me when he said at our men's conference, he said, I am satisfied that God has given me some visions of things that He's going to do in the church that I will not live to see. But he said, I am thankful that there's a generation of young men and young women behind me that they are going to experience it. So he said, I am going to take the position of David. I'm going to work with everything I've got. I'm going to work with everything I have. And if I have to die short of the promise I'm going to die in faith to know that God is going to bring it about He's going to bring it about yes He will He's going to bring it about Amen this is that he also went on to tell about things that would take place in the church or the body of Christ, the apostle. Amen. He said that your, the, the prophet rather, he said, your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, your old men shall dream dreams, and your young men shall see visions. Very quickly, visions, of course, uh, are experiences similar 
to dreams uh, through which I believe supernatural insight is given to common man or an awareness. Or maybe uh, the word revelation would be relevant right there. But the difference between a dream and a vision is that dreams occur only during the, your sleep. Visions can happen when a person is awake. Daniel had visions. Other people had visions in the broad open daylight. But in the Bible, people who had visions were filled with this special God consciousness. Amen. Let me say that again. People in the Scripture that God used in dreams and visions, they lived their lives with a God consciousness. The purpose of the visions were were to give guidance and, and direction to the servants of God to foretell the future. Dreams. Dreams have a prominent place in religious literature. Uh, they have a prominent place of, in the lives of ancient people. In ancient times, dreams, especially those of kings and priests, were thought to convey a message, a specific message from God. In the book of Numbers, chapter 12 and verse number 6, and I'll promise you, I, I promise you, I'm just hitting the high points of this today, but Numbers 12 and 6, the Bible says, He said, Hear now my words, if there be a prophet among you, I, the Lord, will make myself known to, unto him in a vision and will speak unto him in a dream. In the Bible, the, the, these were sometimes very prophetic in nature. As I mentioned about Isaiah and Joel and other major and minor prophets that were used of God. However, I truly believe that God was leaving no one out of the equation. And that's what excites me. In Joel, when Joel began to write, Amen, Joel kind of takes down all the barriers. And I'm glad our young people are in this service. I want to speak to your heart today. Joel was taken down all of the barriers. He plainly listed all sexes and he plainly listed all age groups. Amen. He broke down the walls of gender and he broke down the walls of age. He said God is going to pour His Spirit out and man, your old men and women are going to be doing one thing and your young men and women are going to be doing another thing and they're not going to be opposing one another. They're going to be walking in harmony with one another. But the Spirit of God is going to be poured out upon all flesh. Amen. Men, women, young and old, the Spirit of the Lord. I'm going to tell these young people, don't you don't have to wreck your life on promiscuous living. You don't have to wreck your life on drugs and alcohol. You don't have to wreck your life with all of those things. You can say, Lord, I want you to take these hands. And while they're yet holy, I want you to help keep them holy. I want you to take this heart. I want you to take this heart and while it is still tender and while it is still impressionable and while it is still moldable while I can still feel your prince I want you to take this heart and do something with it God do something with it Hallelujah. God was making sure that all of us were included in the plan. But you know, I'm glad God not, I'm glad that God doesn't just use young people. Amen. I'm glad that God just doesn't use the youth or what would happen to those when they get beyond the age of youth. What are you going to do with the relics? Amen. What are you going to do with these old men that are walking around? What are you going to do with these old women that are walking around? Are we just going to put them in a little roped off section somewhere? Are we just going to give them, are we just going to put them in one little corner? No, no, no. He said, I'm going to keep pouring my spirit out upon them. Hallelujah. I want to tell you something that I know, and I want you to hear me close. I'm not, I don't think this. I know this. Amen. I know that when, when our lives begin to change, our bodies begin to change, and, and, and what we once were able 
able to do, we perhaps can't do those things anymore. Hey, I know there are some that are beyond the age of being able to teach Sunday school. You're beyond the physical ability to be able to do that, perhaps. Maybe you have other limitations, but you know what? That doesn't mean that you ought to just disconnect yourself from the kingdom. I'll promise you this. If you'll get still and be quiet, amen, if you'll just get along with God, you'll realize God is going to wake up some other part of your life. God will do something else in your life, in your mind, and in your spirit. Oh, I feel this in the Holy Ghost today. Amen. If, if, if God created this flesh body, if God created this hunk of flesh in such a fashion that if I lose my eyes, that my ears become more keen. If God, if God, if, if somehow would build that into us, are you telling me that if I lose one capacity in the church, that God would not wake up something else in me? I'm going to tell you, if just because you're not singing, don't think you're not doing anything. Just because you're not teaching, don't think you're not doing anything. Because you're not doing what you used to do, don't feel like you're not doing anything. I'm going to tell you, we need some dreamers among us. We need some dreamers among us. Let the Spirit of God pour out His power. Let the anointing be poured out in your mind. Let the anointing be poured out in your soul. Hallelujah. We need to have church, not just for us, but for a generation to come. Ah, oh, oh. ah, ah, I don't want to just stand and preach to you today, but I want to declare something to the ages. I want to declare something to another generation. I want to declare today something that is to a child that is yet to be born. Woo! My, 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 my. Hallelujah. Mm-hmm. Hallelujah. Praise God. Well, I just got something jammed up in my spirit here now. I, 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 I listened to the story. I've heard Brother Jones, Jerry Jones share it more than once about how how the church in Hog Pond got started in Louisiana and how that there was no one there at times. You know, I had circuit preachers back in the day where they'd be there a little while and move on and be there a little while and move on. And his grandfather, just who was not a pastor, he was in the he knew he was called to preach, but he wasn't a pastor, who just kept going to the church. And when nobody was there, they would still light the lantern and they would still sing and they would still go through the motions. But you know what? Him and all the while, they looked like they were doing nothing. All the while, it looked like they were just kind of batting the air. Amen. They were catching a little ground here, catching a little ground there, making a little headway here, a little headway there. And finally, God's man got there. Amen. God had a man for that town. God had a man for that community. And when God's man got on sight, the Lord began to give birth in church. And that church has produced, I don't know how many preachers today. You hear me today? Amen. We're not just having church for us. We need some dreamers that can have church for generations to come. The book of Genesis 37, we read about a man and his son. Among those sons was one favored by his father and his name was Joseph. You're most likely familiar with Joseph. You're almost, and you're also most likely with, familiar with the fact that his brothers hated him and at first they conspired to kill him. They were all in agreement until Reuben got under conviction. Reuben said, well, let's don't kill him. And what did they say? What did they say when they were down there in the field working and here comes Joseph? Say, well, here comes the dreamer. Here comes the dreamer. 
here comes the dreamer. Dreamers can often be despised. Dreamers can often be misunderstood. Had it not been for this last minute stay of execution, we would have probably lost one of the most beautiful Bible stories that we have. But Reuben said, let's don't kill him. Let's don't kill him. Here, all this hatred was over his dreams. But dreamers have a way of shaking up their world. History is replete with men and women that were dreamers, and they certainly shook the world around them. Men like the Wright brothers, they were dreamers. (laughs) They were dreamers. One of their greatest opponents, one of their greatest oppositions that the Wright brothers had against the ideology of flight was their own father. That's the truth. Their father mocked them. Their father demeaned their efforts. But you see, there was a dream. There was a dream. And they just kept dreaming until they pulled it off. And so dreamers have a way of affecting their world. And they have a way of affecting lives around them. Joseph was a dreamer. The Bible talks about other men. The Bible talks about Caleb. Caleb, here's a dreamer for you. Numbers 14, 24, my servant Caleb, the scripture says, because he had another spirit with him. (laughs) He wasn't cut out of the same fabric as everybody else. Hath followed me fully, him will I bring to the land wherein he went, wherein to he went, and his seed shall possess it. Now Caleb got to go, but at this point, this wasn't about Caleb, because Caleb's 85 now. But he said, Caleb, I'm going to let you go because your seed is going to possess this land. I, I, I hope I'm not going to irritate somebody too bad here with this. But there's a mindset in America about just absorbing everything for us. You know, and we laugh about this and I've talked about it a whole lot. But, you know, you see some, I don't know, a boat or a big RV or something. So I'm spending my grandchildren's inheritance, spending my children's inheritance. And um, and you do with that what you will. But the, Bible does, but the Bible doesn't talk about leaving inheritance for our children. I see some heads nodding. The Bible says leave something for our children's children. Don't just throw a little seed up in front of you. So that maybe they make it. But we need to be distributing something for our children's children. Now, you know, you got all quiet because you think I'm up in your boat and your golf clubs. I'm talking about spiritual stuff. Amen. Some people think about your hunting rifles and all this kind of stuff, your sewing machines. I'm talking about spiritual things. I don't want to just throw enough seed that one generation will be all right. I want to throw enough seed that their children will be all right. Amen. I'll say it again. This is a good practice. It's not my idea. That's why I'll say that. I heard it many, 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 many years ago, and I have tried desperately to do it every day, to touch God, touch man, and, and touch something that will outlive me. I want to try to do that every day. I want to touch God. That's what I do first thing in the morning. I want to touch God. 
then I want to touch man. I want to somehow be kind, somehow be tender. I want to somehow leave a little bit of something nice in man, in mankind. But I want to touch something eternal. I want to touch something eternal. And many times that can be done in prayer too. Amen. <laughs> many times that can be done in prayer. I'm not just praying about me, but God, I'm praying about something that will outlive me. Something that will outlast me. I think about, and, and I'm closing if our musicians would come. I think about how many testimonies I've heard from down around the campground Ocala. Especially men about my age. I've heard men about my age talk about the old tabernacle. The old tabernacle, those of you who are familiar with the old tabernacle, those of you especially who work youth camps know what I'm talking about. Down through the tabernacle, I suppose about a third of the way in on each each side, there's poles. And I've heard I've heard people say, I got the Holy Ghost right there by that first pole. Great memories. I got, I got the Holy Ghost. I got the Holy Ghost over there by, there by that pole. Now, it has nothing to do with the poles. It just happened to be where they were standing. Just want to make that clear. <laughs> but I'm so thankful that we didn't start worshiping the poles. And so, oh, we can't build another building because what about the pole? Because if we're not careful, we can make anything sanctified. But I'm thankful for a. I was I was standing in the meeting where the then Florida District Youth President stood before the entire district conference and said, "I would like to propose that we build a gymnasium because the summers are hot and we need some place for the children to get in out of the heat." I was standing there in that building when there was down front a microphone. When he walked away from that microphone, as a matter of fact, Brother Mike Williams was the very first one. He walked up and said, our church will give so much. Another pastor, our church will give, our church will give, our church will give. In about 10 minutes, the gym was paid for. It took longer than 10 minutes to build it, but it was paid for. We had no idea... That was a moment in history because we were only just a few years away from moving out of the tabernacle for camp meeting into the gym. And so it became far more than basketball and volleyball and some place for the kids to get in out of. And our attendance at camp meeting went from about 500, that's all you could put in the old building, went to about 900 because we moved into the tabernacle. But I'm thankful for a dreamer that said, we better build bigger than this. Because we were trying to seat people and we had people packed in there like sardines. And if you were there during those years, you know I'm not exaggerating at all. And then we moved into a 3,000 seat auditorium. And now on Friday nights, that building is comfortably full. Because dreamers, dreamers, dreamers. So I say today, don't fall in love with the pole. Don't fall in love with where we are. When one generation saw the tabernacle being restored, they were weeping. But another generation was rejoicing. One was, re- one was weeping because we're not where we were. Another was weeping because we're excited about where we're going. Let me tell you today, if there's going to be any weeping going on, I hope we can weep together.
and say, we're going to have some dreamers among us. Dreamers among us. I don't know how he did it as you stand, but for 45 years, Caleb held on to what God revealed to him, and he never lost faith. He said bold and courageous things like, I'm as strong now as I was the day I went up there. (laughs) Four and a half decades had not whittled away his faith, his strength, his confidence. Amen. The Bible says that we have not because we ask not. Going back to Joseph in closing, the dreams that God had given him proved to be more than what some supposed them to be. His brothers thought it was just ego. His own dad got a little on the fence. You know, you probably should have kept that to yourself. (laughs) But it, it proved to be far more than just a young man with an ego. He proved to be their very Savior, Redeemer. God was sending him ahead. God plant, planted something in him that was going to be good for time to come. There are things that I can look into the lives of others who have traveled before me. And I, I desire that. I desire that. I'm just going to make some scriptural references. But I'm going to tell you that, that we could take out these names and we could insert more contemporary names, names that you would know. Like Paul, I must forget those things that are behind me and i gotta, I got to press forward. David said, I'm going to lift up my eyes to the hills from whence cometh my help. Like Abraham, he said, I am just going to trust God. Dreamers. Dreamers. Some of you may remember this. I got to talking about camp meeting back in the old tabernacle. made me think of something. Some of you may have been there the night that Brother Paul Mooney preached about his God file. A little manila file folder. And he said every time God had given him a miracle for their church, he wrote that down and put it in a file folder. He had that folder with him. And he talked about one of the darkest days of their life as their church was transitioning to another level. And he said, I didn't know if we were going to be able to pull this off or not, but I went to my God file. And he said, I believe God can do this. Because of what he's already done. Because of what he's already done. <laughs> so I want to have that kind of faith. I want to have that kind of dream. A dream to say that we can do this. A few weeks ago, our men, we were able to go down and spend a few hours with Brother Wolf in Tampa. I knew the story, and I wanted Brother Wolf to share that story. We we share share a similar story, the church here, the history of the church. They were building their church. They got all their steel, all their iron up, and then it all fell. Amen. That would be enough to take the wind out of your sail. But instead of pulling up a block and sitting down and just weeping his eyes out, They gathered those men together, and some of you men may remember it was just a few hours. They had all that steel off of that slab and stacked. Amen. Dreamers that said, we're not going to let this stop us. And today there's an incredible building, not just a beautiful building, but an incredible church. Dreamers. Dreamers. I want dreamers among us. Amen. Can we love the Lord together? Would you say, here I am, Lord. Here I am, Lord. Let me see beyond today. Let me see beyond today. I want to sing beyond today. I want to preach beyond today.
This message has been brought to you today by the media ministry of Hatchbend Apostolic Church. We pray that it's ministered to you in some way, and we'd like to take this opportunity to invite you to join us in service here at Hatchbend Apostolic. Our Sunday services begin at 10 a.m. and our Wednesday night service at 7.30 p.m. For any more information or to speak with our ministry staff, please feel free to call our church office at 386-935-2806 or you can visit the contact link here on our website. Again, thank you for listening and we pray God's richest blessings on you and your family.